Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast by SAP. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the podcast today, we'll have my special guest, Chris. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely, Tom. So, hi, everybody. My name is Chris Chambers. I'm a partner with Endeavor Consulting Group and Pangea Solutions, which is uh, the company that makes the product that we're going to be talking about today, the Digital Thread for Life Sciences, and uh, looking forward to speaking about it. Okay, superb. Thanks, Chris. The digital thread for life sciences. We, we've mentioned once or twice on this podcast, digital threads, but maybe people haven't heard that episode. And life sciences is something we haven't touched on so far in this series of, of the podcast. So could you maybe explain what a digital thread for life sciences is? Definitely, yeah. So I think the term digital thread has existed for a while and been applied in, in many ways. I, um, I know in the aerospace and defense, it has been um, that along with digital twin have been spoken about with respect to uh, product lifecycle management or PLM. Um, but for life sciences in particular, that's a little bit unique and different from, let's say, discrete industries uh, where you have things like computer aided design and CAD drawings that can represent a physical product. In life sciences, you're dealing with much more abstract drug development um, processes with respect to PLM. And this has been a space. Uh, that has, for several reasons that I'll get into, been evolving for a while. But because of the abstract nature of it, um, it doesn't, it hasn't had as much of a clear footprint in terms of how digitization and software can enable um, process uh, improvements that we're hoping that DTLS will provide. So, yeah, that that, that brings me to the, the question: What problem is it trying to solve? What why why did you come up with this what problem did you see out there and and what, what what's it doing what's it fixing yeah so um great question i think when we when we look at our uh, implementations and endeavor and pangea do a lot of um enterprise solution implementations for life science companies over the years we understand start to understand common themes uh, and problems specifically um, a lot of our work is in the gmp or uh, good manufacturing practice space uh, which starts to evolve to the process development and drug development that, that feeds into that, that GMP manufacturing. As we you know, talk to our clients, we, we noticed a significant shift um, in the way that drugs are being developed based on the, the paradigm shift of biopharma and what we call large molecule drug development versus small molecule. And uh, if, you, if you look at the industry historically, the drug development process for pharmaceuticals and, and this obviously has gotten a lot of tension in, in recent years for, for obvious reasons. There's traditionally been a very long lead time associated with bringing a drug to market. And it's an expensive, uh, very complex process and, um, that involves several clinical trial stages and a lot of documentation. Documentation that has historically been very paper-based and very functionally siloed and could afford to be because historically using what we call uh, small molecule drugs, relatively simple, uh, we call this so uh, solid oral dose, things that you swallow, a pill that you swallow and, and 
Obviously, that's a medicine that the world takes, uh, a wide demographic medicine. If it took you seven years to bring that drug to market, that was fine because for the next 30 years, you would have that drug or there's obviously generics and things like that. But um, a very lucrative business that has not needed um, to necessarily change. And in recent years, with the mapping of the human genome and the ability to do gene editing, and, and that gene editing was the basis for several of the vaccines for COVID uh, using mRNA uh, vaccines, which is won't get too technical in here, but that changes the way that we drive. Um, you know, historically, vaccines, for instance, have been taking kind of a weaker version of the virus and, and developing an immunity to it. But with our ability to actually drive um, the protein creation through RNA, we actually can mimic the virus without actually giving you the virus when, and, and, and create resulting uh, immunity toward that virus. And that has been a function of gene editing. And gene editing um, has been a highly disruptive change to the drug development process and the way we think about medicines. And, and frankly, it's what has excited me most about DTLS because um, you're now talking about what we call personalized medicine or medicine that is tailored towards a specific genetic makeup, not something that the world takes necessarily, but something that somebody with a specific predisposition to certain diseases or certain, you know, uh, gene makeup or age or race, there, there's many different drivers for this. And that is exciting, but it also has resulted in a lot of complexity because it's large molecule drugs. These are drugs that don't have a very simple, you know, eight uh, components of carbon and six of hydrogen. These are, you know, 1300 amino acids that are mimicking human cells and often are actually using human cells, highly complex drug development that is also uh, for smaller demographics and, and require a much quicker lead time to market. And that's a long winded driver um, for why we need to change the drug development process. We can no longer afford very long lead times. And unfortunately, um, the, the industry needs to be disrupted in a way that no longer relies on paper processes, has a digital framework. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, the FDA and what's called the ICH, the International uh, Code of Harmonization, have, have said this. We no longer can have long narrative uh, drug applications. We need structured digital data. Well, DTLS enables that data within the SAP uh, framework and and that is a very logical choice from our perspective because it is the basis for many other enterprise solutions that would also contain the data needed there um, things like manufacturing execution systems and QMS systems all, all of those systems typically are already integrating to an enterprise framework like SAP but now if you can supplement that and this is where we've asked our customers um, you know, how are you managing this today? And you have an ability to do that. And they've said, you know, we really need a digital solution for that. DTLS is our answer to that question. And just to, to clarify, what advantage does shifting from a paper-based solution to a digital solution give? Is it just speed to, to, to market or is, are there other advantages as well? Yeah, that, uh, that's also a great question. And, and obviously, and I think it's gotten, a, you know, Sometimes digitization and industry 4.0 are, are used a little bit as buzzwords and a cliche. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously having something in a digital format um, allows me to quickly structure data. But more importantly, for things like changes and impact analysis, which are key tenants of, of, the, of, of the drug organization or the, the regulatory authorities uh, drivers for, 
for what is needed in the future, I can quickly understand that changing this critical process parameter is going to have an impact on this, what we call critical quality attribute, which is how we can uh, determine the safety and efficacy of a product. Whereas I used to have 100 binders before uh, spread across functional areas, now I can quickly run a report to see not only the impact, but also the risk associated with that impact in a very quick way. Um, that not only improves the quality of um, my process, in other words, I won't miss something in those 100 binders, um, but also the speed. And, and in DTLS specifically, we have a bit of a time machine element with, with literally a time slider where I can go back in time and see and, and compare differences with uh, changes that have happened. And, and they often do happen, by the way, as we scale up and as we use different bioreactors in our, in our process. Um, they have an impact on what I initially did in a very small lab. And I understand, oh, when I change this, um, I, I'm going to have an impact on these uh, relevant parameters. So when you look at the analytics, as well as the governance associated with making those changes, there's very clear advantages to digitizing the process. Okay, and do the are, are the regulatory bodies on board with this, or when you're submitting stuff to them, do you have to print out reams of paper and courier it over to them? Yeah, uh, I think the regulatory authorities are very much um, driving this. So the FDA has driven something called CASA, which is um, their initiative, which is in process right now. They have a vision that's you know continuing through 2025. Uh, knowledge-aided um, assessment, uh, and it's basically trying to change something that used to be those printing of reams of paper into a structured digital format that actually can be transferred electronically. Um, again, that has been a vision. It's been an exciting vision, but it's been a vision with no substance behind it. Um, and it's getting better, you know, when they start defining, okay, here's how the XML will be structured and things like that. We're getting closer to a place where things can be uh, transmitted electronically. The International uh, Code of Harmonization, which is not only, it's, it's the regulatory authorities for North America, Europe, and Asia, have very specific, what they call guidelines. They're called ICH guidelines around quality. And those have spoken pretty specifically about a methodology and structure for how this should be managed in a way that can be, is very conducive to digital or digitization of tech transfer and submissions but have, um, again, no one has a vision for how to do that. It's, it's, it's exciting, and I guess this is the natural evolution of a vision like this. You, you put the vision out there and then figure out technically how you're going to manage it. And I think the challenge that we've seen specifically with our pharma companies is there have been attempts to do this, and the, the, there's been two kind of inherent flaws. Uh, the first is that the, the process for managing it has not been intuitive enough. Um, in an ideal way, when you're, when you're defining a drug development process, you would do this with pictures. You'd be able to create uh, you know, process flows and relationships and things like that by dragging and dropping and, and creating um, you know, Visio-like pictures. The tools that have existed have not been like that. They've been much more you know, text-based and you know, defining a process and that it has this input and then that output is more difficult to convey if it's not a picture is problem number one. Problem number two, and, and we believe DTLS addresses both of these problems, by the way, is the attempts that have happened with more nimble solutions, and I call, you know, I call these cloud-based solutions in which you can draw those pictures, have been very disconnected from the very data that they would need to rely on within the enterprise framework. In other words, the uh, companies have created a 
a cloud-based solution that's just kind of sitting there on a URL that's not connected uh, to the very systems that would make a digital thread, like LIMS, our laboratory instrument management system, or MES system, manufacturing execution system, or a QMS system, or your ERP system, which has your master recipes, all that information um, being inside an enterprise framework is very conducive to putting your drug development PLM solution inside that same framework because that's how you can connect these elements. And I haven't talked too much about Threadweaver, which is our tool to actually make these connections, but um, our, our view is it needs to be much more than an API, um, a way which is a traditionally a way that we integrate systems. It needs to have a, a framework, configurable framework, and really a cookbook around the way we would um, want to solve the various use cases involved with the digital thread. So two pieces there, not being intuitive enough and being a standalone um, are what we've, you know, hopefully solved with DTLS. And the last piece I'll mention there is with the standalone solutions, it's very difficult from a what we call computer systems validation perspective um, or CSV when you have cloud-based public solutions um, the, the, the testing and the rigor involved, if for anybody who's worked in regulatory industries uh, and, and implemented software solutions knows there's a lot of overhead with respect to validation. Um, it really, uh, the, the digital signature piece as well as uh, approvals for testing. Uh, when you have a standalone cloud solution um, that is now connecting to GMP systems, you're going to need to do regression testing every time there's a new release. So putting that inside the same framework and, and specifically with SAP having the ability to host in the private cloud so we can control our upgrades uh, is very conducive to a solution like DTLS or PLM for life sciences. Okay. Just <clears throat> at a very high level, can you walk me through what's the traditional process from uh, coming up with an idea for a drug through to drug delivery uh, and then how DTLS comes in and short circuits a lot of that. Yeah, and, and that's great. So, you know, you have kind of the the initial drug development process. And you think about this, you know, this is a design of experiments process where you're isolating variables, you're evaluating compounds, um, you're understanding in, a, in maybe a lab notebook, but there's a tool called electronic lab notebooks, which, again, is something that the thread can connect to. Um, and as you start to develop something that seems viable, you then can start to uh, define what we call a general recipe that becomes a, a site recipe, which can be a, you know, an R&D development site initially. But, um, you know, as you then scale that up and prove that what you did in the lab is now viable on a little bit larger scale, you can drive that into what we call preclinical um, so in the clinical trial world, there's preclinical, there's phase one, phase two, and phase three. Again, some of this um, has gotten a lot of publicity recently just with the COVID vaccines and yep. things. But, um, you know, there's a lot of detail inside that. There's material specifications. There's the process parameters. There's the facilities and the equipment associated with it. Um, the process itself, um, the way that we test the, the viability and um, the, again, the ICH group has created a, a methodology called quality by design or QBD that allows us to define the relationships um, between process parameters and critical quality attributes. And I'll, I'll keep, I, I mentioned this a couple times, but um, in this QBD methodology um, that there was not really a, a 
clear software for. Um, you basically are saying that if you meet the ranges of the following critical quality attributes, so in other words, if, the, if you're in between this number um, for whatever you're measuring, the potency or, or whatever the piece of the drug is, then you can guarantee the safety and efficacy of the product, which are the, the key two tenants of drug development. So that's what we call a quality, quality target product profile. If you are within the, the correct range, you have done you've, you've actually you know, correctly manufactured the drug, and, and that's the way we measure it. But in order to be within that range, you have to have the following critical process parameters as you're making the drug in this very complex molecule uh, within the following ranges. So if you think about this, and this is a little bit hard to convey, Tom, verbally, but if you think about uh, this in three dimensions, um, an X and a Y axis, which represent two different critical process parameters, and then the z-axis representing a critical quality attribute. And if you think about that in three dimensions, you have this weird blob uh, in the middle, a shape. And that shape represents the low and high limits of the two critical process parameters and the low and high target limits for the critical quality attributes. And we call that a design space. Okay. And one of the nice things about DTLS, and, and I'll, I'll continue going through the process, is later when you're actually doing your R&D test runs, we have an, an electronic batch record solution that, that allows us essentially to feed in our recipes from DTLS and measure based on the actual batch runs that we do, did I, go, did I fit within that blob? Did I fit within the low and high range or am I outside? And how did that affect my critical quality attributes? Because a lot of this through this process I just mentioned is evolving. We're learning about the process, particularly with scale up. Is it still meeting the requirements and, and not in this range when I scale up to, a, to bigger equipment? But essentially, um, the, the most important piece of this process in drug development uh, after we get to a viable site recipe or, or process is what we call tech transfer. And that tech transfer for pharma just represents the, me transferring the technology, the process, the details, the equipment, the facilities, all the things that I just mentioned from one site to another site. And that could be scaling up or it can just be transferring to another uh, location from a development perspective. Uh, in the scale-up world, sometimes it involves transferring information to a contract manufacturing organization or a CMO, which is outside. And, you know, we, we need an ability to do that in a relatively simple way, including managing and communicating changes. So as you're going through preclinical phase one, phase two, phase three, and then filing and eventually getting to commercially manufacturing the product, that entire process, which can take years, and, and obviously the goal is to, to shorten that process, needs to be connected um, through a thread, through a digital thread, in which I can tie back those activities. And I'm not looking in binders from five years ago with different folks working on information than we're working on it five years ago. Where did we put that in information? Uh, how, how can I be sure that if I change this, it doesn't impact anything? Uh, having that digital time machine and that digital link is how we, we can greatly improve the quality and efficiency of the process and really prevent a lot of risk associated with it, which is always a, a big piece when you get into things that, especially in today's market, that carry over years. Um, and, and, you know, I, as much as we need to be diligent documenting narrative-based uh, details that are in paper documents are much more risky 
um, to, to missing things than having something that it, which you digitally search based on risk. So I think the, the speed to the market, the speed to filing, I think those are all the goals of, of the ICH and FDA uh, groups, but I think also um, being able to manage um, risk and also even the governance of the data itself as I go through that digital thread being connected is, is very critical and I think where there's huge value to DTLS. Okay, superb. Are, I mean, that, that's all very good in theory, Chris, but can you speak to any actual outcomes you've had from this? Yeah, it's been very exciting. Uh, I think we have been working, and, and I think like a lot of software products, this is always best when you take it from a theoretical, a lot of the concept I've been describing so far, and bring it into actual use cases. And through uh, one of our key clients, AstraZeneca, um, we, we've been doing, we've been working with several clients, but uh, I think with AstraZeneca specifically, um, they were very far ahead of the curve in terms of um, the, the vision here of what they would have expected out of a software. And they actually had looked at other software's uh, solutions as well um, prior to looking at DTLS. But um, we had some great benefits in a biologics um, use case. And when I say biologics, this gets back to what I called large molecule before, very complex drugs, uh, which, which AstraZeneca's site that we work with had. We basically took their process and, uh, you know, took what was essentially 800 pages of, of paper information and consolidated that down to a digital format to create what we call a digital product profile, which now, you know, represented these, this huge binder. And, and I will say this, you know, was done in a proof of concept way that is now being applied in production across the board for them but it was really just to kind of prove this concept out for them and you know hundreds and hundreds of, of equipment details process parameters thousands of calculations and i haven't talked too much about this but in addition to the complexity of the molecule itself if you just if you just think what goes behind that relationships between uh, objects and calculations. And uh, it's a huge strength that we have something called the calculation engine, uh, which is almost like a calculator, but you can reference any function inside anywhere in DTLS with an alias, uh, things that, you know, again, they'd have to have in a notebook somewhere and then translate it. They instantly get updated and governed. And, and we really dro drove that process based on a lot of the challenges and learnings from, from AstraZeneca, uh, as well as our other clients, to be honest. But AstraZeneca was the one where we actually put it to the digital system and, and really put it to the test over a series of six months. A lot of wonderful learnings, at, you know, agile stand-ups every day, but uh, resulted in a, in a better product that they're now so excited about with, uh, that they're going to go live this year and, and speak a little bit about it. But um, that just just proving that that tech transfer concept can work and we can digitize this process was very exciting to see in a real format because again you can go very far um, doing the, the theory associated with this but when you're actually taking those bioreactors and upstream and downstream processes and uh, creating the process flows the pictures that I mentioned earlier in inside DTLS and then driving the details behind those pictures and and I've mentioned this a couple times but re you really are dragging and dropping um, process flow steps to, to mimic the process and lines between them and then um, updating the data associated with them and then viewing that data. Um, and, and again, you know, we are gradually doing this. We have the ability to have this in a digital format, move it to uh, places digitally, but also 
very quickly create what they currently use as documents um, via print functions using Adobe Forms and, and SAP. So if they do need, for instance, to communicate to a CMO who's not necessarily connected, although that's another exciting area I can talk about, um, then they can quickly create a PDF and send it based on any time period, any product. And the other piece I will mention that was huge to AstraZeneca is what we call flavor management, which is that I have either jurisdictional differences in the process or other aspects. Um, you know, this process parameter is needed for regulatory submission. This process parameter is needed for MES. And DTLS is built upon a very uh, configuration-like framework. It's, it's super important when developing software like this to not have it be uh, rigid or hard-coded, but it has to have enough of a framework and, and, and an intuitive framework that you do have some guardrails, but also if there's information that you need to gather or it's specific to your organization, it should be configurable. I, I need to you know, have these attributes tied to it. I need the vendor for this specific material and some of its information attached. And um, it, you know, our developers at DTLS, having developed a lot of similar SAP solutions, uh, knew how important it is to make this something that's scalable and it's not just the vision of even a company like AstraZeneca in 2022, but would support their vision in 2026 without any code changes or software changes. So for those familiar with SAP, there's a lot of extensibility tools. Um, you know, I think of the oldest one, which is classification, which is the ability in SAP to essentially extend the attributes of many of the, of the objects with something that, um, you know, SAP didn't conceive of initially, but you can create any characteristic you want. And I think that concept is in DTLS um, with metadata and flavor management. And I will mention the flavor management piece feeds right into what's called segmentation, which is an exciting new piece in general in SAP. It came from the fashion industry, but it's the ability to actually segment or create master recipes and transactional data for a specific flavor. So when you think about segmentation, it's basically flavor management. I have four or five for the Australia version of this process. I have these steps that are applicable and for the Brazil version, I have these other steps and for China, I have both and all those different flavors um, we can manage. And the other um, core tenant of DTLS, which was very leveraged from our work in SAP is things like configurable process parameter types where I can say that I will have these fields based on this process parameter type. And then if I use another process parameter type, I'll have these fields. Mm -hmm. And th all this is completely configurable uh, across the board for all the objects, for relationships, for equipment, for materials. So a, a very solid framework using SAP's workflow engine, but also very extensible and configurable. Okay, superb. Where to from here? Yeah, so I think right now, um, you know, as we've started to socialize this, and I think, Tom, this is one of the more important aspects. I often think it gets neglected by people like myself um, that are talking about new exciting technologies, is how do I make that big paradigm shift? If it's a seismic shift, it's almost an oil tanker level shift in an industry that has never really had the drive. And, you know, the, the drive has been around dollars and, and need, and now that exists. But in order to, to drive that enabling technology, our experience is you need a cookbook. You need a very clear change management path. How do I break down those functional silos? You have folks that in some cases, you know, at the R&D and science, uh, scientist level that are not that keen on not having their paper processes. And, and, you know, they're not that keen on 
having to work with supply chain on something that they're not convinced is, you know, ready for prime time yet. And, and how do I get a cross-functional across the board process with a risk averse crowd that is very stuck in a paradigm. Um, I, and I think this is the most important aspect of it. So I think just as important to us as the tool itself, I don't think change management is a buzzword. I think we need, um, and we're developing, and even through AstraZeneca, a recipe and a cookbook for how I would make this change. And I will say it's not, you know, necessarily a big bang for organizations. It's something where you have to actually kind of prove the concept and start digitizing, but also start to change the processes. In some cases, that means some parallel processing. Um, you know, you can always keep some paper and some digitization, but I think we have seen tons of excitement from various functional areas. Um, there's a lot of different functional groups that would be impacted by this. Um, I mentioned a few, but you know, supply chains, another manufacturing quality, all the organizations which would have oversight with through different lenses on this process. As we have talked to our clients, we have several of them, several of the large pharma clients interested in this and are doing proof of concepts this year. Um, probably the most important piece would be making sure they have that cookbook, making sure that we can start enabling them. And we don't necessarily want this to be something that involves a, a lot of uh, long implementation life cycles. Um, embedded in the tool itself is a lot of uh, intuition, a lot of guidance, supplemented by best practices in our methodology and cookbook. But I think um, driving that uh, in a way that we can start to put a dent in this, um, we're seeing, uh, we're really turning the corner of this product on the SAP store. I think we're seeing organizations uh, more willing and, and frankly recognizing the fundamental problems with the current processes in a way that is making them excited about the ability to do this. And of course, they were they may have been excited before, but they didn't necessarily have a, a viable software product that would support that vision. So our you know, through this podcast and many other mechanisms, we really want to get the word out there that there, there's a tool to do this now. Um, and it very nicely builds upon many of the other SAP digital tools um, that would connect to this. So the way we manage our spec management system, which is in the product compliance tool, uh, regulatory submissions, um, spec management uh, contains uh, SAP offers the IDMP, which is the way we define uh, medicinal products and the way the regulatory authorities expect it. Uh, global label management, enterprise product development, um, which is some very exciting, uh, exciting new territory that SAP is now driving, leveraging things like the Ariva network to actually connect to CMOs and do specification collaboration with our CMOs so we can do redlining of bill of material items and the things that would be involved with a tech transfer process. But then we are building that in concert with, with all those other tools. And we, we very much, you know, work with our SAP colleagues to make sure that we're connecting uh, for our clients. So we're in the midst of a lot of, um, I would call architectural um, and functional roadmaps with several of our clients that involve DTLS and many of those other components um, to, you know, to hopefully as quickly as possible create a, a digital framework to support these processes. And again, very exciting on our side. Super, super. We are coming to the end of the podcast now, Chris. Is there any question I haven't asked you that you wish I had or any aspect of this we've not touched on that you think it's important for people to think about? No, I, I think um, I think we've covered most of it. Um, we can talk a little bit about you know where where folks can can 
see DTLS or, or learn more about it. But I think for the most part, um, this is a good primer. And obviously, um, I think the, the information that I'll give you can help drive some some more answers, hopefully, for folks that are more interested. So, Okay, great. That brings me nicely into my last question, Chris. If people want to know more about yourself or DTLS or any of the things we discussed in the podcast today, where would you have me direct them? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we mentioned it's hard to, to describe a link here, but hopefully this is fairly simple. Um, if you go to dtls.ca, um, that is the website. PA is a good start. And then through that uh, connection, um, yeah, there will be a lot of ability to, to reach out and connect. That will be kind of the introduction, but then uh, for things like a demo or, or more detailed discussion, that's a great way to, um, to understand more about DTLS. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll put a link to dtls.ca in the show notes as well, just in case, just to be sure to be sure. But uh, that's been really interesting, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. No, I really appreciate that, Tom. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.